Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. So this was a conversation on the show a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about one and duns and the switching back to maybe allowing high school players to enter the NBA. I talked about that. I'd rather there just be a three and done rule. Just let the guys stay in college for three years. Cause I like college basketball and I want college basketball's quality to be good. And I feel like it'll help the NBA as well. And uh, Joe went and did a little homework on the players who were freshmen who were one and duns and uh, went to the NBA and this was back to what you said, 2005, Joe? This is back to 2006, and that is the first draft after they implemented the 19-year-old rule for the NBA, where you have to be over 19 gotcha. to be in the draft. And the 2006 draft, I think there was only one. It was Tyrus Thomas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work out too well. So Former um, Blazer? Um, yes, Thomas? he was. Thank yeah. you for that. And uh, so th- that's where things start uh, right away is not good with Tyrus Thomas. But there is a lot of players and uh, t- over the last few years, a lot of one and done. So we'll uh, go through the list. I put it in four tiers. Uh, I believe it was good uh, star. Excuse me. Yes. Star. Good. Meh. That's that's uh, inspired by you. Yeah, and you. Uh, bad. Bad. Just bad. All right. Well. I don't want to make this necessarily like list radio and just go through it one by one. Right. But I'm looking here at how many players did you say, Joe? About 50 to 70 players you have on this list, maybe? Yeah, like I didn't count, but yeah, it's probably around the 50 range. Um, I mean, it's it's actually fairly spread out among categories between star, good, <laughs> and bad. Um, <laughs> Do that sound again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say there's more good players on here than I expected there to be because I know of a lot of guys who leave college early and just completely flame out. 
once they get to the NBA. Now, one that I'm not sure that you have on here, Joe, maybe it's because he wasn't a true freshman when he did it, was Syracuse's player Malachi Richardson left. He did nothing. He did nothing in the NBA. Um, and I, I don't see him on here. But I think of a lot of go, a lot of guys like that when they leave a school and it's like, oh, wow, they're, they're going way too early. And then they go and they get drafted by a team and it's like, and then they're gone in a couple of years. But I will say there's actually a decent amount of players on this on this that are worthy of being considered good players. I mean, obviously, the obvious great ones, you've got um, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Derek Rose, Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, etc. cetera. Uh, Kevin Love on there as well. And then you got guys like Ben Simmons and D'Angelo Russell, Brandon Ingram, who are really good players as well. But I feel like a majority of these guys tend to be more, maybe I'd say 50% of the guys tend to be more in the eh to bad range. And that's where my issue with it comes is, yes, of course you'll get stars. Yes, of course you'll get good players. But, I mean, you're going to get a bunch of guys who are just okay, a bunch of Austin Rivers and Justice Winslows and Malik Monks and Michael Beasley's and Michael Kidd Gilchrist, like I mean, guys who are, who are are who are valuable players over the course of their career in some way, shape, or form, but man, would they have been better if they had stayed in college for a couple of years and not rushed to the NBA? Probably. When I was doing this list also, I try to keep in mind like where they were drafted and their on-court success. Like I put Tristan Thompson in the category because, I mean, yeah, he is an NBA champion, but if he did not have LeBron, what would his career look like? And he was a number four overall pick. He would probably be in the bad category at that right. point. Right. Right. So, and then I also have in that same category, the man category, uh, John Wall. And that's just because I feel like I haven't seen him play basketball in two years. I think that's, a, I think he's probably in the good category if you're asking me, but you're right. He's been hurt quite a bit. Exactly. But so, he was, he was a superstar for a while. But is that a reason that somebody can be in that category because they've been hurt? Cause again, that's not something that he did. I understand if he was man on the court all the time and just gave you minimal effort, but John Wall is, you know, uh, near a, a star he is near a superstar not a superstar but i think at this point bradley beal has kind of surpassed him as being the leader being the star of that team. oh yeah well he put him as star in his list bradley beal yeah bradley beal, bradley beal is a star absolutely yeah. um but yeah it's i think that's kind of my main takeaway from from your research joe is that too many of these guys are in the average to below average category if it was more heavily in the star good category then I think you could probably make an argument that, oh, the one and done's been okay, and there's not a lot of guys who make bad decisions, but it's just not the case. I mean, I think about I think about a guy like Malik Monk, right, who has been, frankly, pretty bad since he joined the NBA. He's on the Hornets. Um, he was on Kentucky. He was good, but he went to the NBA, and he wasn't ready at all, and that's even just in the Mac category that Joe, that Joe made here. Um, I mean, you've got guys like Jaleel Okafor, Remember him? Remember how good he was in college? He was great. But imagine how much better he would have been. He was horrific on defense. He was a good offensive player, but he was horrific defensively. And imagine a couple more years under Coach K at Duke. A couple more years of seasoning, a couple more years of tweaking. He could have gone to the NBA and been an absolute stud immediately. He could have been. Yeah. Right? And But because he went to the NBA and he wasn't ready as a, uh, talent-wise and he wasn't ready defensively, he got eaten alive. Yeah, uh, it's, it's one of those things, man, like the way the draft works and the way uh, NBA scouts work, it's almost like, and this is coming from a, a good buddy of mine who 
uh, now works, you know, for uh, the G League. It's kind of we kind of had this conversation, and he was saying that if you're a, a sophomore or a junior and you're still in college, the question isn't like, or it's not like, oh man, he's probably stayed to fix his game. It, the 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 reaction is usually, well, he wasn't good enough to go as a freshman. So why why wouldn't you why wouldn't you go if you weren't good enough? Harrison Barnes was somebody that was considered one of the best freshmen uh, in his class, and I think that was the class of two thousand. What year Dame get drafted? Two thousand six, seven. No, it was eight, way like, after no, that. 2000, 2009, right? Two thousand nine is Dame's draft. I think it was like two thousand eleven. When is it? It was Anthony Davis's draft, and that was two thousand twelve. My man, was that two thousand twelve? Jeez, two thousand five for sure. Okay, so two thousand twelve. Trying you know to make saying? Dame 40 already. Hey, Jeez. Man, like, Did he yeah. say five? I heard 2009. No, he started with, what did he get drafted? 2005, no, 2006, B-Roy 2009, 2010? B-Roy's a 2005. He just was right? very quickly going further yeah. and further ahead. So, uh, <laughs> what I was saying, man, you made me forget what I was saying. But dang it. But if Harrison Barnes had came out the year prior, he probably would have been one of the top three or four picks. you know. But he decided to come out a year later as a sophomore, and now you're just not as good as you were the year before. Well, and so I think that's kind of – it kind of hampers guys if they stay in the league for – or excuse me, if they stay in college for too long. You wonder how many of these guys on this list – and I'll go and post it to the 1080 The Fan Twitter page so people can take a look. They can even leave a comment on it. I made it on a Google Doc, so if you want to let me know how dumb I am with my list, then you can go ahead and do that. John but, Wall is not in the Matt category. But – um. Not Mike. You idiot. Mike interrupting, making people forget what they're going to say. Um, well, you interrupted him the first time. Come on. You're killing me here, Mike. Mike, you are absolutely killing me. Now I'm trying to remember. Wow. As he keeps stalling. Yeah. Stall I need the time. stalling for time drop right now. <laughs> you were saying that people could comment on it. Oh, yes. But with uh, some of these players on the league, um, in the league right now, you wonder if they had the one and done rule next, how many of these guys would have came out of high school immediately and how many of these guys on this list actually did end up going to college and staying more than their freshman year i mean because they went to college and feel well i'm here i should be here more than just my freshman year sophomore you know i need to be here a little bit longer than just one year because they made that choice to go rather than go straight out of high school like you look at a player like josh jackson Number yeah. four pick from a couple of years ago. Out of Kansas. He might have gone straight from high school. I mean, like, you think about those guys. What if they got the, like, the advice to go as an 18-year-old right out of high school, and they they weren't even ready after their freshman year? But I think you would, you would obviously get that. There is no system at all, even if you had to go all four years, that would stop that kind of bad player who's supposed to be good from coming into the NBA. But I think if I look at the list of players and I and I look at some of the names, like Noah Vonley's on here, right? Noah Vonley was one and done at Indiana. We know him well. He played for the Blazers for a couple of years. Um, Noah, there's no way Noah Vonley was going to the NBA at high school. None. No. No. He was a super raw athletic player who got a little bit of seasoning under Tom Crean in Indiana and thought he was good enough to make the jump to the NBA. I mean, he's been fine, I guess. He's a very below average player, but he's made a career for himself. Um, there's no way he wouldn't have benefited from staying a couple of years. Again, out of recent picks, you have Stanley Johnson on here from Arizona, number seven pick 2015. There's no way Stanley Johnson's going straight from high school to the NBA. Not at all. He would have gone to Arizona for a couple of years and been better. But there are other guys on here, of course, like Jabari Parker would have gone straight to the NBA. He would have. And frankly, I'm not sure Jabari Parker is bad because of him being a one and done. He was incredible at Duke that year. I just think he just didn't pan out. I just think he whether it was work ethic or what, he just didn't fit into the NBA. So I think that, of course, you would always have guys who make the bad decision, but people who are on the border, 
I mean, go to college and get better because you're going to ruin your career if you don't, if you go too soon and just kind of make one bit of money and leave. That's the, at least that's the way I look at it. I think some people look at it the other way too and say, well, at least I would have gone and made some money. And then I, and now I got that in the bank if you are responsible with it. But I feel like if, if you have people giving you advice, I would hope they'd be giving you long-term advice as well. If you go to college, well, now you can get paid, which is a, which is something we should probably talk about next. Um, you can get paid through endorsements. And once you get to the NBA, you'll be way better and way more ready. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's going to kill the college system. I mean, it's, if you're seeing guys that are, are about to get paid, we already know guys like Moutier decided to go you know, overseas and play before he um, uh, before he went to the league. And then somebody like man, LaMelo Ball is probably going to be the, the top pick in the, in the draft this year, or at least one of the top picks in the draft. Hasn't played in high school since he was 16. You know, so it's it's one of those things that now people are finding other ways to, to make money uh, professionally like these other sports allow their, you know, allow their young athletes to do. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you're able to go, you know who you know, whose fault it is. I know we have to break, man. It's the GM's fault. You drafted this young kid knowing he was going to be a project, knowing that he was unseasoned, knowing that he had some work and some growth to do. You drafted him thinking that, OK, well, fingers crossed. We'll see. Let's go, Anthony Simons. Let's let's make sure that this whole thing pans out the way we want it to. And I mean, sometimes like they overlook those guys that have been in college for four years that pay, played for Drake or that played for you know Oregon State, you know, for four years and was a good player. They overlook those guys to take the young uh, stud because or the young up and comer because they feel like they can groom him a little more than they can groom a twenty four year, twenty three, twenty four year old. All right, let's break. Coming up next, uh, college athletes will be allowed to get paid, finally. But it does not mean that NCAA football is coming back. Very depressing. That's next here on Sports Sunday in the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It's got a good text in the fan text line here. It got me thinking over the break. And those are the best texts that make you think. Actually, the best are the ones that make you laugh. The second best are the ones that make you think. What if the NBA could draft a kid in college and just have his draft rights for years and don't let him come out until he's a junior? Then he's got the guaranteed contract when he's done. I think that would be fascinating because it would add a layer to the draft of risk and pushing to the future without getting a player to help you now i'm sure there are negative ramifications to it that i'm not really thinking of the first one that popped into my head was well i mean you could like super tank right you could just like every draft just take guys who are two or three years away and then when it hits hope that it hits in a way that makes you the best team in the world um but for many years you're going to be really bad but i think it'd be interesting because i mean they do that already with guys in europe right oh, we're going to draft the rights to blah, 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 Luka Doncic. And he can stay overseas or he can come immediately or we, or we can pull him over immediately. Um, that'd be interesting because it would it would allow players to stay in college knowing that they can get called upon whenever they're ready, right? And maybe it doesn't need, need to be a junior year kind of thing. It could be a, we draft the rights to, just for a recent example, LaMelo Ball, right? And... LaMelo Ball goes and plays in Australia and he goes and plays in Eastern Europe, wherever he did. And they see, oh, LaMelo Ball looks ready for the NBA. Okay, LaMelo Ball, you're ready for next season. 
Now, it, couldn't, it could not be a thing where you could take a middle of the year. I don't think that would be good for, like, the balance of play. But next year, you get to – LaMelo Ball is now a Charlotte Hornet, right? And they drafted him two years prior. I think that'd be kind of interesting. So there'd be like, if you need help now, you take a guy who's currently in college and ready to come out now. Or if you if you want to take a chance and a flyer on a guy you think might be good, you take a guy and draft his rights and then test the waters and see how it goes. I think that could be that could be interesting. I think they I think they do it in baseball. You know, there's yeah. there's tons of guys that uh, don't play. You know, any college and like, man, we want you to suit up now, Aaron Judge. You know, we want you on the field right now. Then there's other guys that you're going to be a little more of a project, and there's still some things that you need to learn. Let's go ahead and put you in the in the AAA system for right now and make sure which is in the NBA would be the G League. You know, let's put you right there for now. But if you just wanted to get guys draft rights, like, man, Joe Fisher is a freshman, but I know right now he's still a little undersized for what, what we're looking for. But I think by the end of his sophomore year, after he gets some more, you know, man meat on him, man, that's somebody I'd be willing uh, to kind of take. Pause. Hey, they don't call me Big Daddy for no reason. I suppose I, I guess not. But you know, so then that means I'm gonna take the draft rights to Joe. He's gonna stay in college right now until we get this figured out. Now all of a sudden, people know that the if I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, and I know I just drafted the kid that goes to Indiana, man, I might be more inclined to watch some of those games to see what type of player that we're getting as opposed to be in the draft and be like. Who? From where? Like, okay, from Indiana, the kid that I've never seen play before? Okay. You know, so I think that would be a great way for, you know, for college to get more eyes on them because, again, these people that are going to be drafted, you know, can get a chance to be seen by the teams and the fans, the people who actually drafted them for a year, kind of understand what their game is, and then figure out where they can move uh, or how they can be inserted into their team once they get there. I think it's a great idea. Shout out to the texter who, uh, who sent that through. Uh, this text did come in, though, as a counterthought to that. I don't think teams will want to draft the rights to players when they don't have control over how that player is used. The risk for injury is so great. Draft picks are valuable. If you draft the rights to somebody and they go to Australia to play, for example, that Australian team could run them into the ground for all they know. Um, I guess that is true, but I guess it's a, it's a difference in thought process because, A, I still think most of these kids would be going to college, which is a little bit different than going to play in an Australian professional basketball league. But let's say you drafted, I'm going to use a Syracuse example just because it's top of mind. Let's say you drafted Tyus Battle, right? He's going into the draft this year. He was a junior. Um, he has played so many minutes because Jim Beheim likes to play his starters a lot, and he's been run into the ground, quote-unquote, according to the text. He hasn't been hurt, but you know what I mean. Um, somebody will still draft him knowing the risk that he's been running to the ground a little bit, right? So if you draft the rights to a player, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming there's some expectation and some risk involved in injury in that player getting uh, a lot of minutes played. Um, but maybe that would allow for them to have some modicum of control, I suppose, of how, how they're used. I don't know. I guess that's where the confusion comes in of like, is that too much of the NBA having oversight into college basketball when they shouldn't? Yeah. I mean, probably, right? They'd probably try to have some sort of oversight like that. I just think it'd be, I think it's an interesting idea, but that's why I said I haven't thought too much. It just popped up. I didn't have a, a huge chance to think about all the negative ramifications because obviously there will be, but that, that could be one. Yeah. That the NBA's oversight would try to get in there and control how the players are used because they're, they, they have the rights to them. So that would, that would take away some of the, uh, I don't know, some of the purity of it, I guess is the right word. No. Yeah, it, it absolutely would. But I feel like at this point, college needs something uh, to keep guys around. 
and um, their guys are leaving early for the NBA, and some of them, like Joe's, made a whole list. Mostly dudes aren't aren't ready. You know, very seldom do we get a Kyrie or an Anthony Davis. Like these guys are and few Kyrie and far didn't between. even play like at all. Kyrie, Kyrie played, like played eleven games, games in it was college. Eleven. You know, he played eleven games in college. Like, yeah. you know, so it's it's one of those things. Like, you know, very seldom do you actually you know get those guys. Typically, it's a lot of um, you know. Tyrus Thomases and those type of guys that are that are coming to the league. So um, I think it could definitely help college. You know, it would get more eyes on them because people would want to see the guys that they actually drafted, and they're going to be. You know, you can't watch AAA baseball, or at least you, may, you maybe you can. Is it an online thing, Lynch? Is that where you watch AAA baseball? I have no idea. I've never watched there's, AAA baseball. There's, broad, there's, there's, there's you know, probably websites you can watch. Yeah, there's yeah. broadcasters for it and everything. So we know it exists. You know, but where do you go and find that? At least if guys are still playing for college. I'm able to log on or able to you know turn on TV and watch Kansas play, watch Kentucky play, watch Oregon or watch Stanford or whomever is playing. So I think it'd be a great idea for college to uh, to really think about that and really try to align themselves a little more with the NBA. Also, the person who came up with the idea did text in and say, um, to add to it, instead of them using up a scholarship, make the NBA team pay for what the scholarship would have covered. So like room and board and and – classes or whatever so the mb so that that way they're not i guess because the rights are owned it's like sort of being paid but not really i don't know again that that's where it gets very muddy to me because a we were going to talk about it here we're kind of out of time but uh the ncaa is going to allow student athletes to get endorsements now as long as the school is not the one doing it and um so that's huge players are going to be able to get paid if if they are you know if they're if if places want to use their likeness to sell product or whatever um, so I wonder how that would change the whole financial thing because people are going to the G League pathway program now because financially it's a way better situation. They're going to make three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars for a year or two or whatever it is in the pathway program instead of getting paid nothing or I guess now getting paid endorsement money in college um, to the point of which some of these guys aren't big enough stars where they probably get big endorsement money, right? Not everyone's Zion Williams and Zion would have been rolling in it and mm-hmm. Duke, but generally it probably would be kind of spread thin along among a lot of these players. If that idea was brought into place, does the NBA pay them? Do they at least pay the scholarship fees or is it just, we have the rights, but everything else stays the same. I don't, I don't, I don't know how messy that would get. Probably a little bit messy. It'd get messy. And you know, it'd be one of those things that's on the table for the, you know, the players association for, you know, all the, the presidents and the, the ADs of all the schools. Like it's something that, Everybody would have to get worked out. But, again, um, I think college basketball is in a tough spot right now. I really, really do. I mean, it's just considering that you've got all these other outlets that are willing to pay kids. And, you know, Luka Doncic was was drafted, you know, top of the draft with no film on him. Nobody – I mean, no, seriously, who would ever seen Luka play? None of us. But scouts were able to go out there and see what he's able to do, and he would still be able, able to go at the top of the draft. So the need for college is – doesn't really I'm not gonna say it doesn't exist anymore because it, there's still a need for it but it, it's not as as big a need as it used to be and as even as it was even four years ago now all of a sudden kids between the G League and playing overseas they've got options that they didn't have before to go make money the college is gonna have to figure out some way to counteract that and get those guys to come and stay one more text and then we got a break uh hockey's the best example you can draft the rights to the player and you have three years to sign him can he can come into training camps but if he's not ready he can go to college or go to the g league 
That's interesting. I didn't know that about hockey. I, I did not know how hockey worked with the draft, to be honest with you. Um, so if that's the case, yeah, that, that could be interesting too. It's like every year you come in and test yourself against the, the NBA guys in camp and see how it goes. That'd be interesting. I just think it'd be interesting. I, I don't know if it'd be better or worse, but I think it's a really interesting idea. So thank you, Texter, for uh, throwing that at us. Fan text line 55305. You know, I've always wondered that too because uh, I want to say back in – January or something, I went and met some Winterhawks players at a dealership and found out that they were going to Sunset High School and they were like 15 and 16. And I'm like, how the hell does this work? How are you on? Uh, how does this work that you are on a team, but you're going to high? Do they pay you? When do you go to the NHL? It was very confusing. So, yeah, that text makes a lot of sense now as to having the three years to kind of choose if the player is good enough or not. It is very interesting. All right, let's break. Coming up next, it is time for Hate It or Love It. First, Joe has sports. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for hate it or love it. The competition where Rashad and I do a pardon the interruption around the horn type back and forth over a topic that is picked by our producer, Joe Fisher. He assigns points and then the winner hosts the last segment. So, Joe. Stretching over here. What do you got for us today, sir? All right. So um, we didn't talk about it yet. But uh, the Cowboys got their starting quarterback yesterday, Andy Dalton, because technically Dak Prescott isn't signed to the team. He's uh, got that franchise tag deal waiting for him. He just hasn't put the pen to paper yet. But Andy Dalton did signed a one year deal. Three mil guaranteed up to seven million could possibly earn. And a lot of people were jumping on the ooh, this is possibly the Dak replacement train yesterday you saw des bryant saying uh that the cowboys i don't know if the correct word was disrespected or they they need to go in on back first is what he was basically saying that they need to sign him before they're bringing in other guys to fill out the quarterback room so do you agree with that sentiment hate it or love it the cowboys should have taken care of dak first before finding the backup uh, i hate it because uh, dak needs to be the one who signs the contract the franchise tag that's in front of him or at least be negotiating the contract do you want to know the quarterbacks that were there other than dak prescott um stop me when you've heard of one and joe you don't count because you're a cowboys fan but you may have not heard of them either cooper rush clayton thorson and ben denucci who was a seventh round pick this year those were the cowboys quarterbacks outside of dak prescott now, you tell me at a position where injuries are devastating and Dak Prescott, a quarterback who does use his legs and uh, is mobile and gets around there a little bit, which means he might be able to, he might be uh, more likely to get injured. You want Cooper Rush or Andy Dalton as your backup quarterback? I think the answer is Andy, Dal- Andy Dalton. You might not love Dalton. You might not think he's a great player, but he's still, in my opinion, a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. And if you can get him as a backup, just like what the Saints are getting Jameis Winston as a backup. When you have an injury and it affects your season at the quarterback position, you want the best possible replacement. And that is Dalton of the available guys. I love this for Dallas. There's no guarantee Dak stays healthy. There's no guarantee he wants signs the contract they want. 
So get yourself a safety net and then focus on Dak. You don't need to focus on Dak first. You've had all year so far, and he's been inconsistent about wanting to get done, what he wants to get done, and the franchise tag and the contracts and stuff. No, you got you to gotta get your ducks in a row. So, uh, hate. Shouldn't have done Dak first. Uh, am, I, am I hating that? The Cowboys should have taken care of Dak first. Hate oh, it or loved it. I, I hate it. Um, Dak is, is, a, is a serviceable quarterback at best. And this isn't to knock on, on your team, Joe. I can see in your face already you didn't really like that comment about him being serviceable. But the, but the simple truth is uh, Dak Prescott is the ultimate game manager. Uh, we've seen uh, Andy Dalton have man great seasons when he had a great roster around him uh, with the Bengals uh, a couple times. Made the, playoff, made the playoffs a couple times. Didn't win, but still was able to make the playoffs. Andy Dalton is somebody that's considered – uh, again, like I'm with Lynch, he is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's somebody that's been lucky enough to be on great teams, and then somebody who's been unfortunate enough to be on some really bad teams and have some really bad coaching. But for the most part, the, the problems with Cincinnati, very few of them had to do with Andy Dalton. You can look at some injuries and A.J. Green not being around. You can look at Marvin Lewis being his head coach. You can look at, you know, just a good run game, but no, nobody really incredibly solid at one point. Like, so there's a lot of things you can look at for the Cincinnati team and say there was a problem. I think of all those issues, I think Andy Dalton was the, the least of the worries. I don't really think this is a leverage thing for the uh, Cowboys, but I think this is more of a depth thing because, again, how many other teams can say outside of the Saints can say they have two starters that are on there, uh, that one that can once on the bench. So I have one starter and Drew Brees or Dak Prescott, and then I have somebody else just in case something happens. Drew Brees, no for getting hurt. Dak, Pre Dak Prescott, we'll see, you know, but if something happens, you want to put Andy Dalton in that game to make sure you can keep things going. I think it's a great pickup for them, especially it's a good thing for Andy Dalton because he plays well. If he gets in the game and plays well, it only sets him up for another contract from somebody uh, the next year. All right. And um, <clears throat> I'm trying to keep my bias out of it now with the teams here, Rashad. So should have uh, docked you a point for the Dak comment, but I won't. I won't do it. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah, no, it's all good. Let's see if you can... Uh, rally here and win this with the last two questions um I, I mentioned to this uh to you guys during the break a little while ago but bleacher report had to delete a tweet yesterday because they put up a graphic asking people what is the luckiest nba champion of all time now when you hear that you're already like oh i don't know if that's gonna go off too well but there are four teams that they listed number four was the 2012 2013 miami heat when they beat the spurs you had uh, number three was the 0405 Spurs beating the Pistons. Number two was the Golden State Warriors um, from 2014 to 15 when they beat the Cavaliers four games to two. And their number one luckiest NBA champion of all time, the Toronto Raptors of last year. Oh, my gosh. No wonder they deleted that, man. <laughs> no wonder they deleted that. So, uh, Rashad, take it away. Hate it or love it. The Raptors are the luckiest NBA champion ever. With uh, with arguably the best player in basketball on their team at that point. Man, that I hate that. The luckiest NBA champion ever is the 2006 Miami Heat. That's for sure. The Heat, listen, D-Wade averaged 17 free throws a game during that series. Mark Cuban launched an investigation because they <laughs> shot so many free throws. The, the, the Mavericks were up two games to nothing, and then all of a sudden, D-Wade could not get off the free throw line, and he averaged 31 for the series. Shaq averaged 20-something and 12. All of a sudden, Gary Payton makes the last shot. Like, that team, there's no – Dallas should be a two-time champion. The NBA took that from them because they want to give that championship to Miami. Uh, all those four teams are warranted. You're talking about the Steph Curry 
MVP uh, best record in the league, Warriors? No, that was a phenomenal team. The 2005 San Antonio Spurs, who just beat the defending champion uh, Detroit Pistons in seven games? No, that was not a lucky championship. And what was the other one? Uh, you also so yeah the Warriors uh, and then the Heat 2012-2013 Heat against the young uh, OKC team with Kevin Durant man get uh, out of here actually like, that was the one against the Spurs the Spurs no so, I mean I don't know how you beat the Spurs and are considered lucky that wasn't lucky that was a seven game series and Ray Allen came in the 25th hour to hit that beautiful three point shot to uh, to send that game to uh, was it overtime or what to be able to give them the lead or whatever the case was either way Ray Allen won that series for them then LeBron went completely insane in game seven man get out of here bleacher report needs to slap himself for doing it. <laughs> there is a couple others on here too it's actually an article they wrote i was looking at it while, while you guys oh, were talking yeah it's the uh the six luckiest nba champions written april 16th um 15 16 calves on here 0607 spurs as well outside of the teams that you mentioned um i think using the word lucky is awful you're an nba freaking champion so like saying lucky doesn't make any sense to me maybe maybe fortunate maybe the easiest path to a title because a lot of the descriptions in this article are like oh well like this team they played had this injury and this team they played had this injury and this guy these guys they were missing these guys i mean you play who's in front of you and you beat them or you lose to them it's just that simple uh are the raptors lucky no they had Kawhi freaking leonard i mean come on did, did it help that kevin durant was hurt sure but the Raptors were, were up three to one before he even tried to come back with that injury. I mean, the Raptors were just killing it. And the Warriors were really good without Kevin Durant too because he still had Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond and those guys anyway who won a title without Kevin Durant. So to me, lucky is a terrible word. Um, I don't know if I would ever say that any team is a lucky champion. Because Fortunate? There's, yeah. yeah, there's too many games to play to be lucky. I mean, the fact that they put the heat on here and the Ray Allen shot, I mean, that's just a great shot. It was an offensive rebound on a missed three that led to a great shot. That's not lucky. That's just basketball. That's basketball, baby. <laughs> I mean, like, that's... It's just that simple. Yeah. I feel like this is the Bleacher Report going back to old-fashioned bad Bleacher Report where they had the stupid, like, pictures and you had to scroll through them. These are the luckiest champions. Yeah. You see somebody, somebody clearly got fired or something like that because they removed that real quick. The article's still up. The ratio was... Uh of uh, comments to likes it was uh, definitely off it's also when you say lucky yeah. it means they didn't deserve it yeah exactly good point good and point in this article they said uh, <laughs> lucky doesn't mean unmerited still giving points hey i, I, I literally talking. said he made a good point so i gave him a point all right and the article says lucky doesn't mean unmerited and it's like oh that's kind of what it means yeah that's exactly you're what it kind means. of alluding to the fact that they won it without yeah. doing anything themselves so. winning the lottery is lucky you know like you know winning a championship that's not luck all right, and on to our last one. We mentioned it a little bit ago. Josh Hart, he lost his cool playing a little Call of Duty, and it was caught on his uh, video, him absolutely destroying his, his keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, talk about a rage quit. Uh, he took it, slammed it, I think kicked it a couple times, threw it across the room. Um, you know, we've seen it happen in the gaming world before, so hate it or love it, destroying your gaming equipment is completely understandable. Oh, boy. Well, I'm going to say hate on this one because I am a gamer and I have been known to rage at games and I have never once in my life, and I can promise you a thousand percent, 
I've never intentionally destroyed any sort of gaming equipment out of range. Ever. Ever. I mean, I just don't understand this physical urge when you something goes wrong to have something that costs money that you spent money for to just throw it against a wall or smash it over your knee or stomp on it on the ground. Because guess what? You're going to have to pay for a new one, you idiot. The anger goes away, but then you have to pay X amount of money to get a new controller or get a new headset or get a new console or get a new TV. Those videos of people throwing stuff into the television infuriate me. I know TVs aren't as expensive anymore, but you're willing to... It's like a 60-inch nice 4K TV, and you're going to throw your stupid controller into it because you lost a game of Call of Duty? Come on. That's insane to me. It's just... You can be angry and yell, and you can, like, punch the couch. I've done that before. But, like, I'm not breaking the couch by punching it. Oh, yeah, I'm a pillow puncher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not throwing my controller into a wall because I'm not paying 60 bucks for another controller. Uh, gotta be honest, man. I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm uber competitive, and uh, I'll be honest. A couple controllers have been broken um, because oh, things didn't did go a point the right honesty. way. Listen, man. Like when things aren't going the right way, and sometimes the computer likes to cheat. Like the computer will absolutely make sure that you don't win the game. The computer makes Making you come back. Want to uh, go ahead and throw the? I've thrown controllers at the ground. I've never throwing them at my TV because I love my TV, and that would mean I'd be without games or TV. So I'm not doing that. But I've absolutely... Oh, and you'd have to pay for a new TV. Too. Yeah, and I'd have to buy a new TV. Don't want to do that. But I've absolutely uh, broken controllers. I've absolutely uh, hit pillows, punched pillows, lots of F-bombs, stuff like that. I feel like it's when it's stuff that you can replace easily, it's much easier to do that stuff. Keyboards aren't incredibly expensive. No. Keyboard, if you're Josh Hart, you can afford well, Josh a Hart million can do keyboards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Controllers really still some for sixty, but you can find other ones for thirty and twenty and whatever the case is, depending well, on you don't want to get where you the are. Pre-used cheap controllers. No, though. you can still get the ones with the with the cords though in them and stuff like that. Those get broken too. So I'm just saying, like, man, it's totally understandable. Listen, this is real life. Now that there's competitions for sports, it, Rashad. Now that there's competition, more understandable. Listen, now that there's competitions for sports, you can win money off these things. You can play online when things aren't going your way. Hey, man, that's a problem. And whenever, like, all these, your wins and losses, when you play in 2K or Madden online, they add up and people see that. that, that hey, that stuff super matters, man. Absolutely stuff gets broken. It's just a, it's a casualty of war when you, you're playing video games. You it's know just what, 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 it is. what it is. a comeback by Rashad with that last argument there. You go. Wow. I think it's because Joe also has thrown controllers and he can, is that is that what you're alluding to? I think I've thrown a controller once or twice in my day. Controllers are replaceable. I mean, I've, I've had PlayStation, PS2. I mean, I've we've all put in a lot of years of gaming and I myself, there was bound to be a time at some point in my uh, childhood where my, I did that. My go-to is to call everybody who I'm playing with kids. These kids don't know what they're doing when I get really angry. It's like, oh, this is and it's like, maybe he's an adult, but I call him a kid. 45-year-old. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like, this effing kid won't stop. Like, at Rocket League yesterday, it happened to me. This kid bumped me, like, three times out of clear shots, and I was like, mm. I was getting really mad. See? that's Break but the I, controller next time. You'll no, feel better. Because I only, <laughs> I only have two of them, and I don't know. I'm you, can not, go, you can go buy three. Uh, you got it. it could be a whole month or two before you get your next one in the mail, too, with today's times. Well, yeah, but Best Buy's doing a curbside pickup. How about that? Mm-hmm. I got myself a, so a laptop. I got myself a laptop from them this, this week. This reinforces Rashad's idea. It's pretty easy to replace, I think, now. So yeah, there you go. Good job on the W, Rashad. Yeah, got to go inside now. Not a problem. Uh, All right. What do you want to talk about? Uh, 
Sports coming up next on the fan. Sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Such great scenery outside. Just tons of nice trees, water. Yeah. And tons of running. I was going to say, water. for some reason, an alarming amount of human beings on the walking path, but hey. There hasn't been an alarming amount today. Hey, you know. Is there usually during the talent, week? There's been a talented amount today. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we see a lot of people during the week out there. And, I mean, you're allowed to walk, right? Yeah. No. No, no you can't walk. Oh. Can't walk anywhere. Can't run. You have to stay in place. No. I know you can go out. I was going to say, is that a thing? Did I miss that part? <laughs> I was like, I got really sad all of a sudden. Um, no, you, yeah, you can walk. Because when I see these people in their jet streams passing each other, that's, you know... That's what worries me. A well, bit. I mean, on the boats, you what is that? That's social distancing, right? No, oh, the boats are fine. Yeah, you're good there. Go yeah. fishing all you want. Fishing, hunting, golfing, all that stuff. Yeah. Well, except good. for in Washington. Although, if, I guess you're going to be allowed to this month. If you go, go, if you go running or jogging, again. you're kind of weird anyways. But, you know, golfing, fishing, hunting. Oh, shut up, Joe. <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been running every day mostly. I, I, take, I take Sundays off. Today's my off day. But I run six days a week. And... Um, a, you know, you get outside, and it's been sunny some of these days. Give people some distance on the sidewalk, and you're fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm with it. Just uh, whatever you got to do mean, to get. I are understand you, are you out. running? Uh, I'm, about, I'm outside quite often. That's a no. That's yeah. a no. Yeah. I'm outside. I'm not running anywhere, but uh, <laughs> I am outside, and I'm playing basketball with my son. Like That's just like his new thing. He wants to go outside and shoot some hoops. It's his words, not mine. Can we go shoot some hoops? Like, yeah, man, sure. I'd like to take a moment to show you that this was a terrible green screen on the TV, by the way. It like they're supposed to be in this huge mansion and it, that is clearly a green screen behind him. <laughs> like yeah. that is as obvious a green screen as I've seen in a long this, time. The, the second and third Spider-Man movies weren't done incredibly well. No. That's just me. Tony uh, McGuire is not a good Spider-Man. Are you kidding me? That scene where he's uh, dancing down the street. That was funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're talking about goth Spider-Man or whatever? Yeah, yeah. that's a classic uh, movie cinema right there. <laughs> it is a classic. Not for being good. <laughs> no, no. This this movie wasn't wasn't good. I was really excited to see the second Spider-Man uh, and the third Spider-Man because, you know, seconds, things that come second typically suck. You know, like, you know what uh, didn't? with the exception of Godfather Part 2. Rush uh, Hour 2 didn't suck either. Uh, okay. It did not suck. Okay. It's well, it wasn't it wasn't bad. Hey, it was it wasn't bad. The Rush Hour trilogy is very good. Rush Hour trilogy is very good. The third one can I can go without. But Did typically, we, was this this show that we talked about Chris Tucker the other week? Was it? No, it was Hot Corner. That was Hot Corner. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys now. had Rush Hour on the TV. Yes, that's what it was. <laughs> no, because yeah, Chris Tucker's done nothing but Rush Hour and like Friday and Fifth Element. That's Money it. Talks. You ever seen that? Mm, I didn't see that one. No. Money Talks is awesome. That's probably his best movie, not named Friday. Really? He and Charlie Sheen. Money Talks. Uh, I'm sorry. It was actually a very, not named Rush Hour. You mean? I mean. No. I love Friday, but Rush Hour is my favorite. Uh, Rush Hour is so Rush good. Hour is a cool movie. So good. Rush Hour is a cool movie, but it's so good. You know, Money Talks is definitely his his. Why did he disappear though? I never understood that. He was just gone. Uh, you know, Chris Tucker was one. He, I think, I heard he went like 
Christian. And so he started like doing a lot of Christian stand up and stuff like that. And so kind of tried to distance himself from. He went Christian. Well, no, I mean, no, I'm just saying, like, he, you know, he's like, he broke bad. He went Christian. No, he he decided to, you know, really kind of give up the, um, the more vulgar kind of uh, comedy that he was doing and and do more, uh, I don't want to call it family friendly stuff, but stuff that's more catered towards like a Christian audience and stuff like that. So that's why he kind of stepped away for a minute. But I don't know, man. Uh, He's Chris- like the Will Smith of comedy, uh, of stand-up comedy, where he mm. just doesn't curse. You know, it's for the kids. Uh, I don't <laughs> call him the Will Smith of comedy. He was he was very good at his in his heyday of of being a stand-up comedian. Chris Tucker was incredibly good. He eventually got him the role in Friday, which is his most iconic role. Let's make no mistake about it. There's there's no fifth element. There's no rush hour if Smokey doesn't blow it out of the water, man. That's just kind of what it is, man. Smokey is one of the most iconic characters in any movie, period. I will stand by that, no problem. He is an iconic character, Absolutely. for sure. Like I said, I like Friday. I just like Rush Hour better. That's I get all. it. Watch watch Money Talks if you get a chance. Great movie. Okay. I actually think that was on the TV the other day. I just, I, it was on for like a little bit, and then we had to leave, so I didn't watch it. Yeah, but. check out Money Talks. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. 9 to 11 a.m. every single Sunday. We'll be here for you as long as we are able to. Uh, Hopefully, uh, it gives you a little bit of normalcy in your weekend. So uh, we appreciate you for listening and texting. And if you missed any of the show, you can find on the Les Schwab Tires podcast, radio.com, as well as, uh, or the radio.com app, as well as 1080thefan.com. You can find us on social media as well. At 1080 The Fan on Twitter. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Joe's at JoeFish3, F-I-S-C-H. Coming up right after us, we've got Oregon versus UCLA basketball replay. And then 1 o'clock, it is the 2014 NFC Championship game between the Niners and the Seahawks. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11. Have a very good rest of your weekend, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.